What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour Hoop. This time, it back to March Madness. That we we got and caught up with the NBA yesterday, but today we had to bring the guys back on and get into what was, as always, a chaotic opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, lot going on. We're gonna get all into it all. Ty B, Troy, TV dinner, some guy named Steve. All of us. How are we doing tonight, fellas? Ty, we'll start with you. Go around. I mean, I feel like everyone else right now. I feel like I've been down, dejected, busted, if you will. I uh, feel like I, you know, caught a couple right hooks to, you know, to the kisser. But you know, we're we're back and we're getting after it. They're giving me some free money in college baseball tonight to build the bankroll back up. So I can't complain. Hey, there it is. Hey, how about you, Stevie? I'm doing well. Yesterday, I took a nice day off, got some Chipotle, watched some Seinfeld, and didn't have to worry about basketball for one day because it's it was a crazy four days. I went for two of the days. We were watching games from noon to one in the morning for four straight days. And Ty's right. It was an unpredictable start to the tournament, and I think that's why we love it, right? As much as we watch basketball all year, as much as we look into these games, research them, it doesn't matter when it comes to March Madness. Anything can happen, and that's why these games have just been so exciting, and there's nothing like the tournament, man. No, not at all. Yeah, I'm feeling good, too. Well-rested. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was dead tired on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. Being, oh. being, out, being out in Buffalo, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what time the game ended, to be honest. And, uh, and having an hour and a half drive home, like – it kind of sucked because on set Sunday night, I was staying awake, staying awake. And then, like, basically as soon as the Arizona TCU game started, like, I was out. I was staying awake for it. I was. You tried to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I got through it. I got through it. I got through it. I got through it. I fell asleep for a little bit. I'm waking yep. up. I fall asleep for another minute. Woke up. But got through it. But I'm ready. I'm excited for Thursday. Can't wait. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for Thursday again. See, I I took a different approach. I was I was kind of off duty on Sunday. I I had it was seventy degrees here in Chicago, so I went out and enjoyed the nice weather. Um, but I did catch Arizona TCU at the end of the night, and I was very happy that was the game that I was able to catch. Yeah, what yeah. a game that was. Um, but I didn't get the break yesterday because we had Lakers and Lakers in Cleveland and mm-hmm. NBA. So I tonight not really taking basketball off again, but I'm just I'm ready for Thursday again because. This, these games are going to be fun, but let's stay with last weekend. You guys were all there last week in Buffalo. It looked amazing. The atmosphere sounded great through the television. Buffalo is always such a fun place for those tournament games. So, Troy, start with you. We'll go back the opposite way. How was just the experience of being at the games, being in the March Madness atmosphere again, like full stadiums? Just It looked normal, felt normal. How did it feel to be there, though? Yeah, it was it was great. Um, I mean, to be back in an arena with like, a thousand fans, like, it was it was it felt pretty good. Um, I was actually surprised about the uh, turnout for uh, like Mexico State. Like they had they had a loud crowd. You know, I was yeah. going into like the first uh, yeah. Thursday, the first day. I was just like Mexico State. Like I had, I have no idea who would be at like New Mexico State around here, uh, but they they showed <laughs> out. They showed out. Vermont was also loud. They had a little bit closer of a drive, but uh, there's a lot of Vermont fans there too. In Providence, UConn, a little more, more local, but uh, definitely had a, a good crowd for all the teams. But it was it was a good time. Yeah, I mean, Troy kind of summed it up perfectly. It was fun. It was just awesome to see fans back, back 
And I think to your point, we're pulling for the underdogs. And I, I kind of love that. And we kind of saw that from not just Buffalo. I was at Pittsburgh too, saw a little bit of that too. When Delaware was giving Villanova a fight in the first half before that game got out of hand. But you, you kind of saw from the games we were watching too, these crowds wanted to see the upsets. They wanted to pull for the underdogs. And I thought that was awesome because that got the kids into it. And that just made the game even that more emotional, that more chaotic. And that's, I think, the beauty of having fans back is it's such a big difference for maybe if an underdog's up early and, you know, they have a little bit of a lead and they're trying to keep the momentum or if the game's going back and forth with controversial calls or big, you know, turnovers or big baskets, dunks, it doesn't matter. Having the fans back there just raises everything by like times a thousand. And I think being a part of that, being at Buffalo and at Pittsburgh and being in the arena for both was just awesome. <clears throat> That's great, man. That's a, it's, it looked like, I mean, I saw you guys all had all any, any vantage point for basketball game, honestly, not, a, but like seeing it live in front of you. I mean, man, I'm, I was jealous of all you guys. Ty, you were there all day Thursday. No, just first session. Just, I was there. just, the, just the first session. How was the first session of the games there? First session was interesting. Um, you could tell people were were definitely feeling it and getting into it. Like as things got going, like um, are you, you just talking just about enough- slick? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like people were getting into it early. It was same, you know. It was it, people were feeling you know St. Patrick's Day and and everything in that's Buffalo. True. So they were that's getting true. after it. There were there were a lot of people in in a much deeper hole than slick i'll tell you that much <laughs> i believe that yeah I, the same I, I saw a few girls that were like yeah slosh yeah. and it was like i think it was between 12, the 45 between the games yeah <laughs> oh. between the games it was like two o'clock like uh. the saint patrick's day element definitely added a ton of fun a lot of juice a lot of yeah juice building not completely rest. sold out like not surprising like for first round games i don't know how mm-hmm. how much more full it was for the second round but um especially during the afternoon on a thursday like you would expect it exactly, not to be yeah. nineteen thousand, but it still said yeah. you know sixteen thousand, you know tickets sold so that's still incredible a lot it of fun good um, too i mean still you got to really see, yeah still got to see the uh one upset so that was uh, that was good you know always nice oh, yeah. to start it off that way you know what was it two out of four upsets first round so mm-hmm. yeah, Buffalo had had a nice exciting run. Yeah, it was a good it was a good time there in Buffalo. All right, so that's before we go on to our Sweet Sixteen picks, we it, there was a whole weekend of games that happened. Um, my biggest takeaway, we'll start with you, Ty, after this. But my biggest takeaway is that did we like we had all this hype about the SEC coming into the tournament and yeah. Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn <laughs> all down before the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I don't I don't really have a take on that. I just I was very skeptical of Auburn. I think we talked about that a little bit, just the Bruce Pearl effect of everything else. Wasn't expecting it from Tennessee and Kentucky, though. Um, definitely a disappointment there. But Ty, what are what were your some of your biggest takeaways? Big picture, small picture, whatever. It doesn't wherever you want to take this, but from the first two rounds. I think the big thing was the uh, public was really getting crushed betting wise. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. I. <laughs> I kept sending my buddy, he was out in Vegas, I just kept sending him the uh, betting spreads every day for, for the money, and we were just picking out the public, and uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a profitable go, uh, especially after some of those upsets in the first round, it's, you know, when you're like, all right, I think I, I know what's going to happen this year, and then your upsets don't hit, and it's the exact opposite, 
you're like, eh, you pull back a little bit. You start to fade the public. You're like, you, you know, you start to recess things. But I think that was that was the way to go. I mean, you had had to know there were going to be upsets this year with everything. Um, you know, just the way okay. that all these teams have such, you know, loaded, um, experienced rosters, especially, you know, the mid-major teams because of COVID and everything else. And right. mm-hmm. um, it, it was going to happen. It was just where it was going to happen. And we saw it. I, I think I mentioned it the other day. I thought we were going to see probably a couple double-digit seeds make it through. And we saw it. It was just not the ones we expected. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think – I, I think that's one of my bigger takeaways too was some of the games that just no one saw coming. And I think that's the beauty of March Madness. No one saw St. Peter's beating Kentucky. If you did, you're lying or you picked your bracket in a weird way because Kentucky was one of the most, you know, well-rounded, balanced teams we've seen in a long time. They had everything, what you need for a tournament team. Great offense, great interior defense, a big, they crashed the glass better than almost anyone. And they have guards that don't turn the ball over. And St. Peter's, they just had the confidence, and they had that it factor that you need. They had the guys, dogs on their team that were like, hey, we can beat this Kentucky team. We belong on the court with this Kentucky team. They were out hustling them, and they were not afraid to take open shots. It wasn't – sometimes you'll see when a mid-major school plays a bigger school, they're a little skittish at first, right? They're a little hesitant. It's a lot of passing out of open looks late into the shot clock shooting. That wasn't the case with St. Peter's. They were going to take their first good look they saw. And on the other end of the court, they were just playing great defense. They weren't letting Kentucky drive on them like Kentucky's been driving on everyone all year long. And that was really impressive to me because that was a game where, I mean, we had Kentucky winning our championship in the happy hour hoops bracket. So clearly we didn't see it coming. And I think that's kind of the beauty of March Madness. You just see these upsets that no one predicts, no one calls. And it just makes the sport so exciting, so much fun. And I got to give a shout out to St. Peter's. What they did was unbelievable. And then they just kind of controlled the game against Murray State. I didn't see too much of it because I was at Buffalo while that game was going on. Mm -hmm. But you I honestly think St. Peter's over Kentucky was the biggest upset we've ever seen in the NCAA Ooh, tournament. It's one of. I, sure. I, and I know I know UMBC beat Virginia, but Virginia, like I said, was missing DeAndre Hunter. They they were the number one overall, also, team, but they were missing their best pro prospect. And then the other 15s that made the Sweet 16 before, you have Florida Gulf Coast that was a flashy team. They were a lot of fun. But, you know, it was a pretty good game against Georgetown. Kentucky was a better team than Georgetown that year. And then last year, Oral Roberts over Ohio State. Oral Roberts was just a really good shooting team. They had the leading scorer in the nation, Max Abmas. They had Kevin Obinar, who, by the way, has played phenomenal for Texas Tech this tournament. Mm -hmm. He's carried his magic over in another year. But those games, you know, you kind of saw the flaws out of Georgetown. You saw the flaws with Virginia, the flaws with Ohio State. There weren't many flaws with Kentucky this year, and St. Peter's just said, hey, we're going to beat you. And not only did they beat them, but that game went to overtime. Extra five minutes, you usually see the better team prevail. St. Peter's just didn't allow it to happen, and that was just super impressive to me because it was a game I completely whiffed on. But, hey, that's why we love this tournament because it's just so unpredictable. So does Lehigh over Duke not get it because CJ McCollum was a NBA yeah, All Star? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? He, he scored he what like thirty six that game. Yeah, he went. And it's funny too because you don't think about it then, but now looking back, you're like, oh yeah, they had that kid. Now it now it makes sense. Now it adds yeah. up. Maybe yeah. we'll look back and see one of these kids from St. Peter's. 
But I think, I think, I think it's going to be Doug. I would love it to be Doug. I would love it to be Doug. But going back to your point, Ty, earlier before the show, you said St. Peter's one of the lowest funded teams in the whole country. Mm -hmm. This is basketball program. I think I saw was only getting like $6,000. It's crazy. And then you're going up against Kentucky, who is just a national powerhouse year after year after year after year with one of the most prestigious coaches in college yeah. basketball. It was just David versus Goliath, and it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just hard to win in March. It, it really is, and yeah. I think the Kentucky game proves that. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Steve that it is the biggest upset of all time, the NCAA tournament. Um, I There's just not much really to say about that. I mean, it's, it was an amazing game. I was in Buffalo for it, too. They had it up on the, uh, the Jumbotron towards the end of the game, so I got to watch a little bit of it. But uh, that's why I love YouTube. You can just go back to yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, I saw a, a thing that I think, Stevie, you, you just said 6000 How much? I think that's what it was. Yeah, like Kentucky assistants get paid more than that. Like, it's, oh. it's crazy. Like, beyond, like, way more than that. Oh, way more. Way more. Yeah, way more. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, Virginia did, did lose. Uh, they didn't have one of their top players. Um, you know, no one, no, one, no one saw that there's a little bit of a reason behind that and i can't find a reason why kentucky right. lost this game and i, think I can the biggest one doug i can What's that? Doug? the third biggest handle in vegas uh in terms of uh tournament winner winnings <laughs> bats besides arizona and uh gonzaga let's say that's something <laughs> it ain't nothing Vegas need to knock them off. Yeah, somebody needed to go down. Or a liability. Is it Drake's fault? How much money did he put on Kentucky? Oh, I don't want to know. Because that's right. That's Drake versus guys. back. Drake that's versus thing, guys. Drake could have put. How much money do you think Drake really put on Kentucky? It had to be to make it on the money line. Drake's not a smart better. He's not betting the. He's not. He has enough money that he's just betting the money line. How much money did he put down? It had to be. I want to know what the largest bet was at the win, and so we got to figure this out. It's over a million by far. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking like at least 10 million, like 5 million, something like that. This dude put 500,000 on roulette. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, you put <laughs> That's so crazy. He was he playing it while sitting at the Raptors game by himself. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's one of the greatest, one of the greatest like, Instagram stories ever is that exact like, story. Playing like stu for stupid money, too. They're crazy. Nobody's money. allowed, nobody's allowed in the Raptors arena except Drake. And he's playing 500k roulette on the side. <laughs> like that's just that's great. It's fantastic. Um, all right, guys. Do you want to try to pick a sweet 16 and see if we can do a little bit? Can I give here? one oh, more man. takeaway? Oh, hey, as many as you want. I I want to give a shout out to both Jaden Ivey and Ben Mathram, who just raised their draft stock. They are not only we knew they were talented players coming into the tournament. We got that. We knew the numbers they were putting up. We watched the highlights. But I think we saw at the end of the Arizona TCU game and the end of the Texas Purdue game, those teams won solely because they relied on their best player. They both took the game over. They had that it factor. And that's important to me at the next level. You want to have a guy who's ready to step up, take those kind of shots, make those kind of plays. Jaden Ivey made some clutch threes. He's an acrobat when he drives into the lane. And then you have Ben Mathurin, who hit the three that forced overtime in the Arizona TCU game. He had the incredible box 
out. He had probably the best dunk of the tournament. I know that was earlier. The, the best game, dunk that, of the year, like I've seen in that, so long. That, I mean, that dunk was <laughs> unbelievable. But where his arm I, is, where his arm is when he like deciding he's gonna dunk on this dude is the most. Mm-hmm. I, that's the part where I pause it. I'm like, this is where he decides yeah. he's gonna dunk. And it doesn't make sense. And then he still does it. It's- well, and Arizona is such a great passing team. You kind of saw that when they passed it. Originally, I thought the big man was going to go up. And then he just kind of like hands it. And you have the momentum of Ben Matthew running. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And that was just one of the most ferocious dogs I've seen. I, but that's the whole thing. I like when I look at these prospects going into the NBA you know, for the next year, or if they can play at the next level with guys as talented as or more talented than around them. You have to see, do they have that effector? Can they clutch up when the game matters most? And Ivy and uh, Ben Mather just showed me that there's really no, no doubts that these guys are big time players. They carried their team to wins. Texas was in a good spot to beat Purdue. Jaden Ivy was the reason it ended up looking like it was a, not a blowout, but a, a more convincing win than it actually was because they did make their free throws at the end. But Ivy was the whole reason they were able to win that game. And same with Arizona, Mather. It was incredible to me. I saw yep. these two guys and I was like, you know what? I know everyone's saying it's Jabari chat. I'm not mad if I'm an NBA team and I have the fourth or fifth pick. I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm not upset if that's where I go because these guys look like winners and superstars. Well, I will say on the Bill Simmons podcast the other day, Ryan Rosillo had they they talked about the prospects at length, and Ivy was number two on a lot on a couple of execs he's, lists now. He's right flying behind up. And, he's and, and flying up. Yeah. And the more and, and more it, people who watch the, Arizona, the more people who are probably going to have Ben fly up their list. That's true. And the thing is about this draft, I mean, though they're obviously it's easier to find guards in the NBA. That's the whole yes. that's the whole notion, whatever. But. Ivy is clear and far ahead of every other guard that's going to be coming out. Like he's going to be, he's going to be the guy. That's where he's going to stamp in. And so if there's a team that doesn't really need a big or doesn't really want a big needs a flashy guard, like he's going to be, there's going to be teams trading up some, there's going to be some craziness, but um, we'll get to talk about Jaden Ivy in a second here, because that's yeah. probably my, I mean, it's got to be one of the most interesting matchups against St. Peter's. So let's get into our second chance bracket. We're right here. Is it loads? Gonzaga, Arkansas, at the at the top. I'm not. I'm gonna just. I'll pick if we need to. We're we're heated in here. I don't know. You guys might all get. You guys might get more heated. Me and Dunny were are more. You know, we were just giving out our picks. You guys have some good reasonings here, and we we need to get back, guys. We need to be right. Like we, we I could show the other bracket, but it's a lot of red. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? This is a basketball podcast. I don't need to say that. The people nah. don't need to know. <laughs> we don't need to see that ever again. <laughs> we don't need to see that. Um, so I'll start with Ty B first here. Gonzaga, Arkansas, what is your read on this matchup of um, – yeah, what's your read on the matchup in general? Um, I think we saw that, uh, you know, those SEC defenses don't chalk up to as much as we thought they did. Um, coming into the tournament now, maybe it's just from beating up on each other for, you know, months on top of each other. That's really done it in. And, you know, they're not peaking to where they were before. You know, a lot of these teams are peaking going in uh, to the beginning of conference play. And 
that takes a lot out of you to make it through that SEC season. You see it a lot in college baseball. I think sometimes that happens in college basketball too. You're just playing all those games, especially with a lot of the teams having those early COVID breaks, having to put in all, <clears throat> fit in all those games there, uh, playing you know almost every other day at some point or a couple weeks there, Stevie. So I think that really hurt a lot of these teams. I'm gonna have to go with Gonzaga um, just for the fact that the SEC sold us. And now they're just uh, they're just perpetual frauds to me. <laughs> I was gonna go Gonzaga before the tournament. I'm still gonna go Gonzaga, and I, it doesn't it doesn't really mean Arkansas is a fraud team. I know they played terrible against New Mexico State offensively. That, like Very I said, bad. that was one of the most one of the more entertaining bad basketball games yeah. I've been at in my life. But Gonzaga, I mean, Ty's got the stats. Drew Timmy. He, he really kind of showed me in that Memphis game that, hey, you know, there was a lot of doubt of him last year. Can he play against these big physical bigs? And Timmy took that game over. And yep. Chet as well. Chet's a skinny guy. He's about 50 pounds, like, lighter than the Memphis bigs he was up. But his interior defense, his wingspan is ridiculous. Those guys really kind of proved a little something to me in that Memphis game. And I think Gonzaga's bigs are just too much of a mismatch for Arkansas. So give me Drew Timmy. I'll keep riding the wave. Yeah, I, I got to go with Gonzaga too. Uh, I mean, they were tested against the athletic Memphis team. Yes. Came back. Um, I mean, they, they've also put up, what, 93 and 82 points in the two games of the uh, NCAA. <laughs> I think yeah, like it's, it's, you got, you're going to win games. You're going to win games again yeah. if you put that number of points. That's true. Um, I think Arkansas is going to put up a, a little bit of a fight, but I mean they they laid a dud against uh, New Mexico State and they got lucky to just go to the next round. So um, I want it to be a good game, but I could definitely see this game kind of turn into a blowout, especially if Arkansas mm. plays like they did yeah. last game in Buffalo. Yeah, if Arkansas shooting like that, it could be a wrap real quick. Yeah, um, five for good. what three? Oh, I think there were three for eighteen from uh, from deep. It wasn't good. Yes. <laughs> That's horrible. Like, That's so no, no one could shoot that game. It was awful. No, just Teddy Buckets. <laughs> yes, yeah, just Teddy Buckets. Uh, Gonzaga <laughs> in the first round, also one of the worst beats I've ever had at 22 oh. and a half, winning by 21 on the free throws at the end um, by the – what I can't remember who they played, but I just remember them following him at the end and being like, well – that was great. This is why you shouldn't gamble. All, all those thoughts. Yeah, all that. Terrible. It, it's Absolutely funny, terrible. too. They went on like a 24-0 run. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It technically was a bad beat, but they weren't covering for 95% no, of that game. Nope. They had to have that run Ty was talking about to even get in a position to cover. So it's hard to call that a bad beat because – Basically, that's why it's bad. They got my hopes back up. I was down and out, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make it. And then it was just despair. Yeah, just an extra kick to the nuts. Yeah, exactly. But that's why you shouldn't trust 22 and a half point spreads. Texas Tech and Duke, Stevie. I mean, where are you going with this? I'm surprised Duke's here. I really thought they were, I really didn't think we'd see him in the Sweet 16. I thought Michigan State, I thought the Izzos would pull it off. This Duke team showed some fight. But our boy Paolo is still – I'm still worried about him in a big-time game like this, that mm-hmm. Texas Tech's defense doing everything they can to take – because I don't think he has a lot of answers. You know what I mean? Like, he goes to his bag. That's my biggest critique of him that it's going to be going into the draft is I think he can, when he gets to his moves, awesome. Someone takes away his first couple moves, nothing. 
and yeah. Duke doesn't really trust him to initiate either. You can see that. So what is what's the what's your read on this game? Because I don't really like this Texas Tech team, but I think it's a bad matchup for Duke. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Texas Tech's defense, they, what they showed in the first couple of games this year, their defense is legit. Number one, Ken Palm defense for a reason, and I'll always find a reason to fade Duke. Duke doesn't usually do typically well against those really good defensive teams. Texas Tech's They've been hitting the boards pretty well in these first couple of games. Kevin Obinar, I talked about him a little earlier. He's carrying that magic he had with Oral Roberts last year with Texas Tech this year. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. I think they're just going to cause Duke a lot of problems. I also am always going to pick against Duke, especially at this point, because the last thing I want to see is Coach K going out as an NCAA <laughs> champion. I just can't. I just I don't want to ever have to picture that. So I'll go with Texas Tech here. I think it's going to be one of those classic, ugly, but back and forth games where we're looking at like a 66-68 type of finish. I'll go with Texas Tech. I think this is just going to be a war, though. Yeah, I. It, it, what's going to give Texas Tech's uh, great defense or Duke's great offense? Um, right. So mm-hmm. it, it is going to be an interesting game to see which one prevails. Um, Duke's gotten 80 points in eight of nine or eight of 10 games and uh texas tech with their great defense they've only i think i think they let up uh 63 to montana state but that was a blowout game that was yeah they were up yeah, 30, they were, yeah, 30 uh and let up 53 to notre dame the other night um but i really kind of kevin o'banner had uh 15 points in rebounds last game and i think if yeah. if he does that um it's going to be difficult for duke to, to win i mean duke's duke got uh, that I think that they had four of their starting five have 15 points or more uh, mm-hmm. in the last game, but it's it's going to be difficult to to try to predict what's going to happen. Is Texas Tech's defense going to show up, or is Duke's offense going to show up more? Um, in my original bracket, I have Texas Tech winning against Duke, so let's stick with it. Tabi. Yeah, I think for me, you got to ride with the defense in this one. Just trust it. Number one ranked defense still in Ken Palm um, for a reason. So I, I, I think I'm just going to ride with it. People keep forgetting Coach K's grandson caught a DUI for Paulo Banchero this year. Uh, and it's bad vibes. It's bad sports up. Karma. He, owes, he owes Coach K one, but I don't think he's going to get him back. In the sweep tonight. Sweeps, two sweeps. I know. But I think that we're I, – I mean, that – I've highlighted it a little bit there. Their common opponent is Gonzaga this year in Texas Tech lost to Gonzaga and Duke obviously beat them very early in the season. Um, so take that for what it's worth. I still think this is the right pick. I don't trust this Duke team. I didn't trust them in a big against Michigan State. So why would I trust them against Texas right. Tech is kind of what I've along the way. Like you kind of just said, Ty and Troy and everybody else or whoever it was mentioned, they picked against them. Um, yeah, like that's just sticking with that. I don't think that opinion has changed very much from how Duke played in the first two games at all, really, or anything. I didn't. Uh, they see got any a little, game a little lucky State. late there against Michigan State. Oh yeah, yeah so they did. Michigan State I was up they got five, with like three yeah. minutes to go, and yeah, Ball yeah. Time. So perfectly happy picking the Red Raiders here. Now another very interesting matchup: Troy, North Carolina, who had. We want to talk about a roller coaster games. Had the biggest roller coaster of a game against Baylor, pulled it out, and now they face this UCLA team. Who, I mean, I don't. They've UCLA is look. I don't know. Just 
chaotic as I expected, honestly, coming into the tournament. Um, so what is your read on this game? Is there a chance that we get UNC to the Elite Eight? I think there is a big chance. Um, oh. I I had uh, I had UCLA beating Baylor in this spot in my, my main bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, watching North Carolina against Baylor, I know they, they blew a 25-point lead. That was after Brady Manic got ejected. That is, yeah, yes, yeah. That's all. a big thing too. It's, it's a major sure. thing you should pay attention to. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it was literally like we like it's direct correlation. Like the second yeah. he yeah. went out, does he get suspended the for the next game? No, no he's, he's okay. He's good. But I mean, I I had like I said, I had Baylor or I had UCLA beating Baylor in the spot. But I was watching that game. North Carolina looked, looked dangerous. Uh, Mm-hmm. Manic was uh, four for eight from uh, three point, you know, three point arc, and uh, who was it? Um, oh, R.J. Davis was five for ten from beyond the arc, and mm-hmm. pretty sure he had thirty. And Manic had twenty eight before he got ejected. Um, yeah. I think that can that can make them go to the elite eight. <laughs> it's a difficult pick for me. Um, I am gonna have to put North Carolina into the elite eight. Just by just based off of the way that they've they've played in the first two games, Tybee, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I picked UCLA in my personal bracket to make it out of this this region, so I'm, I think I'm going to stick with it there. I just I know the run that they were on last year, uh, Johnny Juzang, Tiger Campbell, they got a bunch of great guys. They play in the Conference of Champions for God's sake, UCLA, <laughs> ride them. Yeah, Ty couldn't pick against UCLA. That's <laughs> Stevie, no pressure. You're the tiebreaker here, though. I, I think Troy makes a pretty good point. And big thing for me is North Carolina against Marquette and Baylor. They have a plus 24 rebound margin. They've out-rebounded them by 24. And that's big against UCLA because UCLA is a little undersized compared to Carolina. However, I think I have to go with the experience here. This is basically the same team that went on the Final Four run with UCLA. They did struggle in their initial game versus Akron. They didn't look great, but they played a much better game against St. Mary's. They didn't take a lot of threes, and St. Mary's is a very, very, very good defensive team. That's what we were talking about. But UCLA still shot over 50% from the floor. They kind of slowed down the pace. They're like, well, all right, we'll play your style, St. Mary's. We're just going to hit our open shots. And that's kind of been the theme to UCLA season all year long. They just make their open baskets. Carolina, if we not forget, probably a month or two ago, I know they're playing great basketball now, but their biggest hole was their defense. Their defense was terrible. They'd let anyone score 80 on them. I know Carolina's the hot team right now, and I am concerned with the size because I think they're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. But I'll take the experience. I'll take the better shooting team with UCLA. I do want All your right. thoughts, though, Jake. I want your thoughts on this. Um, I, yeah, this is this is a tough one for me because I really have enjoyed how UNC has played just to finish the year. I think that I think yeah. that they were a team that kind of just clicked later on, and we haven't really seen what Hubert could do in a situation like this, right? Like I wanted to see what Hubert would do coaching wise and everything. And he's, he's looked pretty good. I mean, they really, they were destroying Baylor, like destroying yeah. Baylor, like manhandling. Like my, I had told my, like I was on, I was playing Xbox. My friends at the same time I was watching that game. And my friends were all, all had Baylor in their final and they're just losing their, like they were done. Like they had ripped up the brackets. I could hear the paper in the background. And so North Carolina's play, like is it's very tempting to go forward with them, but 
I'm still on the UCLA's battle-tested, like they just keep escaping deal. I think they have a little more talent than the Carolina team. So I'm going to, I'm just, I would probably lean Carol or UCLA, but I'm betting on Carolina and I would not be surprised either way. And also if we're talking, you know, we're talking about Duke losing and fulfilling our destiny there and getting them out of here. What would be better than Carolina winning and going to the elite eight and Duke <laughs> losing in the sweet 16 and coach yeah. K's last year? I mean, that would be perfect, but I am going to, th- I do think UCLA will will handle it, but it's going to be an amazing game. Friday night nightcap, CBS prime spot for it. It's going to be great. What were you going to say, Troy? No, I was just saying that would be amazing if uh, Duke got knocked out in North Carolina. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dream, bro. That is like Duke yeah. loses and UNC goes out. UNC goes to the Final Four or something, and we just get to hear yeah. instead of hearing about Coach K, we're hearing about Hubert <laughs> Davis and UNC's got next and all this stuff. It would yeah. just be it would be music people's ears. This is tied the most interesting game to me um, personally and I think just in general. Purdue, one of the best teams in the nation all year long, a preseason top 10 team. They were number one at one point. Obviously, Jaden Ivey, we talked about earlier, going to be a top five pick against St. Peter's Peacocks, who have, have taken the nation by storm. This is a spot where I am 100% fading the Purdue Boilermakers just on principle that it's a 15 seed for one thing. But this is a spot where Purdue is where I would look at Purdue in a tournament against anybody and be worried with a Matt Painter team. Do you still have, do you have any of those worries even against this St. Peter's team, which I should, which has looked very impressive, but still 15 seed playing against Purdue team who is obviously a national title contender. Yeah, I had one worry left, but it it just left immediately when you said that you were going to take St. Peter's just off principle alone because it's a 15 seed. So is everyone else and their mother. 12 and a half. Wow, that's way too many points. Purdue's going to cover. I think the public's going to be all over St. Peter's. Uh, Oh, definitely. I'm not taking 12 and a half. I'm taking the money line, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. I mean, I... I would love to take St. Peter's, but this is such a tough matchup for them. You got the seven foot four ED down low. You have Jaden yeah. Ivey, who's by far the best player on this court. I mean, it's not close. You got Williams. They have shooters on the outside. St. Peter's, like we said earlier, 28th in Ken Palm and defense right now. That's great, but I just don't know how they're going to replicate it. And we've seen this before, too, right? With the magical 15 seats for the Gulf Coast, Noah Roberts, that got to the Sweet 16 before. You have that three, four day break. The magic kind of leaves a little bit. The other team has time to prepare. They're going to take you seriously now, right? They're not brushing over this 15 seed. I know it's Matt Painter. I know it's Purdue. And they always seem to let you down and choke. But Jaden Ivey is not going to let that happen. He's going to build this team to some more wins. I'm going to take Purdue to win comfortably. I would love, I would love the Peacocks to keep flying high, but I I think they're going to run out this week yeah i would love to see the peacocks win too but um i mean there, there is one thing that about purdue that we have to keep under consideration is that they can't play defense and if they right. are making shots then i mean they're, they're very vulnerable um i mean in a sweet 16 game it's it's still the ncaa tournament anything can really happen um i mean that, that's really the only shy i think st peter's has to win is if mm-hmm. Purdue isn't making shots, and that's that's a pretty easy assumption. 
but the way that uh, Purdue's defense is and the way that Peters has been able to at least put up pretty good defenses, um, I could see a little bit of a good game, uh, you know, maybe within five five points towards the end of the game. Um, but if I, I'm really taking a pick on it, I put my life savings on it. All right, so we're go we're all going with Purdue. I'm with you guys. I think Purdue. I think that's all you all made compelling cases there. Um I am worried about that Troy though. Is is Purdue is if it gets to a game where St. Peter's is just like 13 of 19 from 3 or just 13 of 21 from 3 and Purdue is like 4 of 21 or something for some reason. And Ivy can even be cooking, Edie can even be cooking, but the math just catches up and it's still a 3.4 point game like who knows? Like you said, and the interesting thing you said earlier about the Kentucky St. Peter's game is that usually when these games, especially in March Madness, they go into overtime like that. You expect the team, the better team to close. Yeah. St. Peter's closed that game out in the, the Baylor North Carolina game, 25 point comeback chaos. They get to overtime. You're like, oh, Baylor's going to win by 10 or something here. And they lose there. It's been weird like that where the teams have kind of run out of gas there. So I feel like there's a Peter, St. Peter's run in there at the end that kind of fizzles out. And Purdue, Purdue will get away with it at the end um, and move on to the Elite Eight. So let's finish off the bottom half here. Arizona, Houston, Stevie, what is your read on this? Um, that Houston, Illinois game was a pretty ugly basketball affair on Sunday morning. So I'm um, not impressed by them, but the metrics still love this Houston team. So is it going to be a good matchup for the Wildcats? Well, that's the thing. Houston is a very feisty team, and I think we kind of slept on a little bit coming into the tournament. Mm-hmm. The number two in Ken Palm for a Look reason. at the BPI. They, I mean, yeah, we mentioned <laughs> it's it. crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's and nutty. They're, they're good. They're decent on offense. They're really good on defense. They always make you take contested shots. They're great on the glass, and they have a team that terrifies me against this Arizona team. But I think Arizona was kind of pushed to the brink against TCU. Everything was going wrong for Arizona earlier in that game. TCU had all the momentum at the end with that mm-hmm. little comeback. I think 11-0 run. TCU out-rebounded Arizona by four. You don't see Arizona get out-rebounded this year. TCU was doing that. And Arizona shot 18% from three. I think they were five of 27. They were not shooting the ball well, but they still prevailed in overtime because of Ben Matherin, who made so many plays down the stretch for this team. It was remarkable. And right then and there, was I was kind of like, that was a moment to me watching the Arizona TCU game where I saw Matherin take over when his team needed him the most. And it was every year we see with a team who eventually wins the championship, they have to have a game where they're just pushed to the very brink. They're pushed to the edge. It feels like they're going to lose. And this Arizona team prevailed. They hit the three to force overtime. They played great defense. I don't know why you're trying to dunk that ball at the end of regulation. And also, too, everyone who says that's a foul, please just watch the replay. He establishes his position. He doesn't reach in. He doesn't hack him. TCU guy bumps him initially and then bumps him again and falls over and flops. There was no contact initiated by the defender. But that's regardless. Regardless what happened, Arizona had to come back at the in the final two minutes to even get to overtime in that game, and they did. And then you saw in overtime everything that was working for TCU. Arizona decided we're going to be the ones that crashed the offensive glass. I think they had three or four like second chances on that one possession when Mathman then put in the and one on the rebound he made with three TCU defenders around him. It was an incredibly impressive game. And Houston – 
they kind of controlled the game against UAB. They controlled the game against Illinois. Illinois did come back a little bit, but I think we kind of saw the flaws of Illinois in the Chattanooga game and in the game against Houston. Their guards just weren't the same as they were last year, especially without Ayo DeSumo leading the team. You take mm-hmm. Kofi out of the game, it yeah, makes you it traded, a lot more difficult. You traded Cockburn for Coburn, and that's true. <laughs> there was a downgrade right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should have known better. So I think Houston was able to control the game. I don't know if they can against Arizona. And we also are going to see, too, Houston plays a nice, slow, methodical pace. That is the exact opposite of what Arizona wants to do. They want to run. They want to get everyone involved. I think they're going to make Houston uncomfortable. But I think this is going to be a really close game because of just Houston's, I guess, drive, their willingness, their effort on the glass. I'm going to take zone. Great coaching. Great yeah. coaching. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Colin Sampson, fantastic yeah, he's, coach. He's doing awesome. I don't know about the shirt off celebration, but he's doing yeah, great. I was kind of I was kind of fucking with it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you're with I it, I'm with it. Up. Whatever. Amped Let it up. go. <laughs> right, how you how you feel about this, Troy? Yeah, well, I mean, going back to the TCU Arizona game, we were robbed of a potential buzzer beater. Um mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's a 50 50. I, I I can't decide if it was a foul or if it wasn't a foul. But at the very least, the whistle had to be blown because it would have been a backcourt violation. So that Arizona would have got the mm-hmm. ball with, what, 2.5 seconds left, and maybe they could have went to overtime or they could have had a buzzer beater. So we, we, we were robbed of that. Um, but, I mean, you said, Steve, that they were 5 for 27 from 3, um, and they had that very important 3 to basically play yeah. in overtime. Um, but, I mean, I think they can still survive winning – against Houston if they shoot like that just because I mean Christian Coloco was still 12 for 13 from yeah, uh, he's incredible 28 points I mean and um, I mean they still had 30 from Matherin too but um, I, I think Houston they, they are a little bit of a slower team like like you said but Arizona is just going to speed them up too much and I mean I see potential for this being a good game but I think Arizona is going to cover and win, win pretty easily. I don't think they're going to have uh, a scare like that until okay. maybe the final four. Whoa. Oh, okay. All right. No one. All right. We'll get into that in a minute. Ty V, how you feeling? So uh, th- there's some crazy number. It's like five or six of the last national championships have finished in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. And there's only two teams right now that can do that and one of those teams happens to be houston houston right now has wiggled their way into 10th uh, uh, adjusted offensive efficiency as well uh, like i said they're the only team top 10 in both 10th in both i think they keep that trend going they've just been playing such good team basketball they were really able to rally around each other after losing two of their top scorers early in december and it was just enough time for them to figure things out and um able to you know figure out who, who to go to and who can get those buckets when you need them. And they haven't had any problems scoring. Uh, They've been getting to the rim pretty well and not having to rely or settle on any bad shots. Their transition play has been really, really good, and I think they can easily pull off this win. There we go. We got two to one, but I'm betting on that spread just from your your explanation right there, Ty. I wasn't sold on Houston being in the game, but I think this will – I think this is – yeah, I think it's going to be a a knockdown I think it's Calvin – I think it might be Calvin Sampson's year. It could be. I think this is going to be a heavyweight fight no matter what. That's and I th- honestly think both these games are going to be Troy, I I I'm 
a little shocked at your disbelief in either Villanova or the Michigan Wolverines who appear, who we had to know they were going to do this. Like, of course they were going to do this, right? Of course they're going to find their way into a sweet 16. And I could talk myself into them beating this Villanova team. Talk. So talk me out of it. Talk me into it. What, What are you thinking? Well, I have Villanova in my final four in my original bracket, but I didn't anticipate them playing uh, this Michigan team. And, I mean, Hunter Dickinson had 27 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, he was just a dominant force. Um, I mean, Villanova has has the players to I – mean, they don't have the size to match with him, but I think they have the players that can definitely guard him, keep him a little more contained. Um, this was really difficult for me because, like I said, I have Villanova going in, but there has to be one – magical team that has to make the elite eight and i i don't want to say it because like i said i have <laughs> villanova going in my final four and i need them to make it to have any chance have any chance of uh, winning my bracket pool but i got i got i'm gonna put one one underdog in and it's gonna be michigan they're gonna somehow wow. pull off the upside i don't have a rhyme or reason really to it i just said that there has to be there has to be one of these teams in the elite eight you look at last year, there was like three double-digit seeds in the Elite Eight. It was, it was yeah, mad last year. There's got to be at least one this year. Well, there actually will be. There, there has to be. One. There will be no matter what. Yeah, but no matter what. I know what you mean. Yeah, but yes, there has to be. There has to be this one. There by default. That game is by default. We'll get to that in a minute. Ty, how do you feel? <laughs> I'm still just so not sold on this Michigan team. Like they've shown that I they can no beat good you. teams at at any point throughout the season like we saw them beat you know the best of the best in the big 10 but we've also seen them lose to some of the worst teams around and like i don't really know what to say about the consistency but juan howard's coached them up got them to where they need to be because outside of hunter dickinson they're a pretty young team so it is sort of expected to have some you know road bumps but they were projected as a you know a top five team in the country um, by most people coming into this season they haven't been able to live up to that and Jay Wright's got this team coached up. I think just a little bit more experience in that Michigan team. So for that reason, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with uh, Gillespie and and the Wildcats here. Stevie. Yeah. I'm going to ride with Nova as well. I think the experienced guards is a big one. They're they've played exceptional so far in this tournament. And I know Dickinson's probably going to be the biggest issue for Villanova because they don't have a true, I guess, center or forward like that. They just play kind of stretch forwards. No, that but they almost never benefit do, really. Villanova too. They never really do. And Jay mm-hmm. Wright has proven to be one of the best coaches in March over the past five, ten years. I'll go with the experience. Gillespie too. I, I think you tweeted it, Troy's best guard in the country. I don't know if I'd go that far, but when you need bucket he's about as consistent as anyone in college basketball right and he's just so smart with the ball all of villanova is villanova one thing that villanova teams have done the past 10 10 or so years that a lot of teams just can't replicate they don't beat themselves villanova does not beat themselves you have to outplay villanova if you want to beat them villanova is not going to give away possessions they're not going to make stupid mistakes and one big thing they're the number one free throw shooting team in the country they're not going to miss those late game free throws when it matters most i'll take villanova all right so we got another wildcats versus wildcats but i'm i'm <laughs> i'm interested in michigan too for the just betting purposes and just that game is going to be 
I think it's going to be another a great game. I think Jawan just gets those guys to come out and play hard in any of these yeah. games. But they're just there is the inconsistency is why I couldn't pick them to even beat. I had Tennessee in my final. One thing I had a lot of belief in Tennessee, but I couldn't even consider Michigan over Tennessee. I wasn't considering it, and it just they came out and balled out. Like that's that's all it was to it. That was a good game, but they just balled out in that game. Kansas Providence Tyvee. You got to see you got to see Providence. I don't remember the timing of these games. Yeah. Up close. Yeah. You all guys got to see you all of you got to see Providence, Providence then. Yeah. Um Kansas looked great opening weekend. So what's your read on this one? So Providence for me still just I don't know, just doing all the things they need to do to get things done. Not necessarily the flashiest out of all the teams. Um just been doing what they need to do at the right moments. Um and they were able to, you know, catch the kind of the benefit of the doubt of uh, South Dakota State not shooting very well the other day. Yeah, um, they've gotten a bit lucky at times this season. Um, they're still first in luck in Ken Palm. Um, so <laughs> at some point, like it's going to come back to bite them. Is it going to be against Kansas? There's a good chance of that. Kansas played a very, very tough schedule this season, and they still have one of the, uh, you know, highest rated um, offenses. In the country, um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. This feels like this might be an upset spot here for Providence. Like they stay lucky. I'm gonna go Kansas though. I'll make Troy decide because I'm gonna ride with the <laughs> lucky Providence team. They oh. dominated Richmond. They held South Dakota State to 57 points, who's one of the best shooting teams in the country. And Kansas, without Creighton's big man, they didn't really put Creighton away until the end. They needed 20 off the bench from Remy Martin to win that game. And Providence defense has been exceptional in this term. Now, granted, Richmond, one of 22 from three, is just awful in the second round. But a lot of that was because they didn't get any good, clean looks. I'm going to ride with this Providence team. They've They've been a lot of fun so far, and I think this is a good spot where Providence can maybe sneak in and beat a Kansas team. You look at Providence right now, you have it up. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Wisconsin. They ha- they've gotten wins. Yeah, they're number one in luck in Kempampa. Hey, yeah. In that, March, anything can happen. It's, they had that one white kid, number I think number 14. He was balling when we were there. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but he looked I, I, really good. And that's the thing. Sometimes you just want to ride these hot teams. They're a well-coached team. I love Ed Cooley. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go with Providence to keep the luck rolling. I think this is an mm-hmm. upset spot. And a lot of people do. Kansas has now jumped to the second highest odds to win the yeah, championship. Because are... everyone says they have a walk to the Final Four. Well, watch out for the Providence Friars. And if I, Kansas gets yeah. by Providence, watch out. I'm not going to say which team I'm picking. But there's a, there's a, there's a double-digit seed that I think could give Kansas a game, too. But I'll take Providence here. No pressure, Troy. It's no cakewalk for Kansas. Why no, <laughs> not? I have a little bit of a theme going with my picks. Um, I mean, I'm picking UCL or I'm picking uh, North Carolina over UCLA just because of the way that they've been playing the first two games. Picking Michigan over Villanova the way they've been playing the first two games. I gotta go with Providence for the way they've been playing the first two games. Um, it, it definitely is 100% an upset spot for Kansas. Um, at I'm going against my original bracket again, which is probably the best thing I could do, seeing that <laughs> whole thing. 
So, That's true. I mean, just watching watching Providence play in Buffalo, I, I saw them for two games. I mean, they were above and beyond the best there. Um, yeah. Even on the other side of the bracket that was in Buffalo too, they they were the they were the best team there by far. Um, and I don't know the last time they went to the Final Four. I I know it definitely hasn't been anywhere been close. A while, to probably, yeah. Yeah, anywhere close in our lifetime. Right. But they they get by this game against Kansas and. It's still the NCAA tournament. Anything can happen, but they have that double-digit seed that they're going to play in the Elite Eight. And I think they're – I don't want to say they're looking ahead. But they def- they definitely know. Both teams know that that's ahead of them. Um, I, I just got to go with Providence here. I think that's that's the upset of the weekend. Um, but why well, I do have Michigan over Villanova. But I think that just the way that the Providence Friars have been playing, they got to they gotta go over Kansas, so. Oh, tag up, tag up, tag up. Okay, he scored. <laughs> one of one of my favorite things is the teams and the clutch points and the clutch stats and everything else, especially when it comes down to March. And it's a big more and more for NBA wise. I look at it, but college, I think it's definitely relevant in the same way. I don't think that's something you can ignore with this Providence team. It's probably going to be a close game. We've seen Kansas teams play down to competition in the past, and in this spot, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight area i think this kansas team is it's not like it's not this is not like it's the best bill self team we've ever seen best kansas team we've ever seen chobby's amazing but they've got some great players again on that team but it's just i don't i think it's it's a great i i mean i have kansas in my final four so i would probably i'm probably gonna lean kansas here but i'm not gonna go against you guys with the two and one with providence because they've they went know how to win these big games in these close games so that's gonna be Interesting. Last time uh, they were in the Final Four, 1987. They've only been to the Final Four twice, 73 and 87. So it's been a while, 25 years to be exact. That's kind of that's nice, nice number there to, to get back there. We'll see. Now, Iowa State, Miami, the most baffling matchup, I guess. We, who did we start with here last time? We started with Troy, so we'll start with Ty V here. I think I don't know. That's what we'll do. Both these teams beat. Wisconsin and Auburn, who I think we talked about last week, were both teams that were ripe for potential disappointment with just the way that Wisconsin, with just how heavy they are in the scoring with Johnny Davis and everything else, obviously is not a great manner for March. And Auburn, just in general, this whole year has has been had those times where they were inefficient or just playing down to competition and whatnot. And Bruce Pearl in, in his past has done that in tournament games. Um, so I'm not really surprised that Iowa State and Miami are in this spot, but Ty, I don't feel like it's because as much of what Iowa State and Miami bring to the table, but as much as the teams that they were able to run into in this bracket and just running into them on those nights. So how do you feel? Do you feel strongly about either of these teams? Do they impress you enough um, that you're taking a lot of stock into this matchup, or what do you think? Yeah, I, I actually I am. I'm very interested in okay. this because I was talking – like I did the Midwest when we did our uh, – preview uh right up there and i was talking about the miami mm-hmm. usc game was the one i was actually more yeah. most interested in just because it For was sure. the biggest question mark to me what we were going to get out of that miami team or the usc team usc a little more study we talked about miami's a bit of a roller coaster their defensive ratings aren't that great but when you look a little deeper they force a lot of turnovers and what were they doing the first two games of the tournament forcing turnovers they were dogs all over the uh, place on defense they got like two or three like sixth year guys uh starters they got some experience there Jim Laranega can coach them up 
I like what they're doing. Um, very efficient offensively throughout the season. If that defense continues to play where they are, um, they can contend with this Iowa State team who's shown uh, to, to lack a little bit offensively. They can do it on the defensive side as well, but not, not a – you know, well-rounded um, scoring output from them for the most part. I'm going to have to ride with the Hurricanes here in this one. I love Miami here. Uh, real Ooh. quick, the Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin probably easily wins against Iowa State. If mm -hmm. A, Chucky Hepburn mm -hmm. doesn't get hurt, that was a huge loss True. for them. And then after that, they were just able to double-team Johnny Davis the whole game. And guess what? All the shooters on Wisconsin couldn't shoot. They were two of 22 from three. And they still just kind of not barely won that game, but it was a tight game for the most part. Iowa State's their first two games, LSU's offense played terrible. Wisconsin's offense played even worse. And Iowa State won both those games scoring less than 60 points. Well, you're not going to be able to beat Miami if you score less than 60. They have a trio of experienced elite guards. And I, I love this Miami team. And you've got Isaiah Wong, who has been so good so far in this tournament for Miami. They're making their shots. And Miami against Auburn was one of the most impressive wins for me in the tournament this year because Auburn had so much size down low. They had such a physical advantage, and it did not matter. Now, Auburn, I know Auburn's guards were lacking a little bit, and that was our biggest concern with Auburn coming into the year. But I said on our original show, I didn't think Auburn was going to be uncomfortable until possibly the Elite Eight or the Final Four. And Miami made them very uncomfortable. Miami's mm -hmm. offense was great. They were hitting threes in transition. They were playing quick. Iowa State is not going to like that whatsoever. I love Miami here. I think Miami is a sleeper pick to make the Final Four. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami does make the Final Four, and I think it is because of their guard play. Um, I mean, they they kind of they dominated Auburn that entire game. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> um, was, that was definitely the, the – I mean, other than St. Peter's, obviously, it was probably the biggest surprise of, of the first weekend. Um, I mean, Iowa State, it's they're not an offensive juggernaut. Um, you know, they got by LSU, got by Wisconsin, which I did not think would happen in a million years, to be completely honest. I didn't think they would – anywhere close to Wisconsin. I did have them winning against LSU. Um, mm -hmm. That was just that was two bad teams playing against each other. One, one had to win. Um, I mean, they definitely proved they, they can win the close game against uh, Wisconsin, but I think Miami's guards are going to be too much. Uh, Miami's starting five had 74 or 75 of the 79 points against Auburn. Um, and they didn't even shoot well from three. They were three of 15 from three in that game. Yeah. And they still dominated Auburn. Yeah, I just think that's going to be too much for Iowa State. And Providence, Miami is going to be a hell of the Elite Eight game. Oh, if we gosh. get it, I would. That would be a war. That would be a oh. war. <laughs> that would be a great game. All right, let's go to the top here, Stevie. We'll go back to our starting with the Elite Eight Gonzaga, Texas Tech. How do you? I mean, is that this is this is the Zags for me getting? I've had them penciled into the Final Four since the bracket came out. I don't know if anything changes here. Do you think there's anything that changes here? Well, we kind of talked about these teams already. It is kind of the clash of what you want to do, right? Gonzaga wants to speed you up. They're the number one offense in the country. Texas Tech wants to slow you down. They're the number one defense in the country. And a lot of times in these games, you see the defense 
prevail against the offense, but I'm going to go with the Zags. I think they are just a better team, and Drew, Timmy, and Chet showed me a lot in these first couple of mm. games, especially Timmy. Texas Tech is a physical, big, strong team down low. You're going to have to show that you can do more than one post move like he did last year, and Timmy showed that against Memphis. I'll go with Gonzaga here, but I I would love this matchup because it really is best offense, best defense. To, like, What's going to happen? We'll see. Yeah, I, I got I got to go with Gonzaga too. Um, I mean, it's the same kind of game for uh, Texas Tech as the Duke game, and we picked Duke in that game, but or we picked Texas Tech in that game. I'm sorry. Um, well, I just think Gonzaga is a little bit better of an offense than Duke. I agree. Uh, Stevie Stevie said it well. Uh, Drew, Timmy, Chet. That I feel like they're gonna they're gonna be the focal point of uh, of this game. Um, I want Texas Tech to give a give a good uh, give a good run towards Gonzaga. Uh, I love Mark Adams. I think he's. I, I, I love that they they kept him uh, as the head coach. He was assistant yeah. there for how many years? Um, but it would be nice to see them go into the Final Four. But I think Gonzaga is destined to go to the Final Four again. It was amazing. It is amazing. Ty, how are you feeling? Yeah, I've, I've been saying this. I think Gonzaga at least gets to the Final Four so that, that mm-hmm. Vegas can rip everyone's hearts out once they don't end up winning. <laughs> because like I said, they've, they've got the biggest handle. Uh, yep. Vegas eats, so watch out. Yep. I'm very wary of that once we get to the Final Four, always <laughs> with those teams. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, we, we're all aligned. We, we've had Gonzaga in the Final Four no matter what. We're going to ride with, through with that. This is the best game of the Elite Eight right here if it happens. UCLA, Purdue, I think. Troy, walk me through it because this is – I think this – I don't. I really have no idea. And so I've, I'll offer some thoughts at the end too, but I need to listen to you guys go through it first because I don't have an idea yet. Yeah, I, I think Purdue is going to win this game if UCLA-Purdue is the matchup. Um, I, Stevie said it earlier, UCLA is an undersized team, and I think Purdue just has too much size for them to, to do anything. Um, I mean, it's the same thing going back to the St. Peter's game. If Purdue can't make shots, then it's going to leave the door open for the opposing team to, to make it a game and win. Um, but with, with Purdue's size, I, I don't see that happening. And I see uh, I see Purdue on a four. What a story if they can finally do it, right? Finally. <laughs> It Literally. only took a generational talent in Jaden Ivy, <laughs> and yeah. and they've had some solid talent there over the years, and now yeah. being able to get it done is is incredible. Um, if for me, I'm just gonna have to ride with my personal bracket. Um, I loved UCLA coming back this year. They've made me a bunch of money betting on them in the Pac-12 throughout the year Same. at different times. Um, one of those teams that I think people just kind of slept on a little bit, just because another you know west coast team you just don't get to see them playing a ton um for that reason going with juzang going with ucla riding the bruins conference of champions i'm sorry troy i would love to see purdue overcome that i know jake wouldn't but i would love to see them overcome i'd love to see jay Ivey in a final four but i'm going with the experience here i know they're undersized but the big thing is purdue just can't play defense especially their bigs their bigs are great offensively but they can't play defense and ucla hits open shots they punish you if you don't play tight defense on them their guards 
you saying, Hakez, they've been a little underperforming this year. I mean, they haven't had the magic they had last year, and I think we're probably going to see it in these Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. This is an experienced team with a great head coach. They made the run last year as an 11 seed. Now they're in a great position again to get to a Final Four, and guess what? Have a rematch against that Gonzaga Bulldog (laughs) team that won on a Jalen Suggs buzzer beater last year. This is a little biased too because I'd love to see that rematch. I would be yeah. so happy so would if we got that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll take you CLA. Well, and that's maybe. Go ahead. Uh, bracket, the bracket in Philadelphia. St. St. Peter's has the uh, the home edge here. They do. From, from oh, by by far, yeah. So I mean, I don't know how many St. Peter. Uh, <laughs> There. I mean, well, you yeah, could, you many, could, what? you could fit the entire school population in there, and it wouldn't even be a dent. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight, is that eight thousand undergrad? Right? I think it's yeah. three thousand. I think oh, it's three thousand, three thousand five hundred or something. Ooh, yeah, that's a good state yeah, it's, section. It's, it's small. Edge here. They'll be more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting, though, because it's it's funny how it works out that way, where you end up, you know, you try to give all these higher seeds. The advantages with the location, and then they're gone, and it's like, huh? And it's like, oh wow, this kind of sucks. Like UCLA, the second highest seed, now they're traveling across the country for their game. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I I picked UCLA to get to the Elite Eight in my original bracket. I would had a tough time even picking Kentucky over UCLA, honestly. But you got you, Stevie, you convinced me on Kentucky. I'm not blaming you. We all were convinced on Kentucky. Um, but I think you and just how deep they were and everything else. But I've loved this UCLA team, so I'm not going to argue with the UCLA pick. But I am with Troy because I honestly think that Purdue is the better basketball team in this game. I'm picking UCLA on, you know, on battle-tested and just from previous trying to stick with sticking with my guns. But I've seen enough Purdue this year that I think that they – I think that they're they're solid and Jaden Ivey is not gonna go down without some kind of like incredible performance. Like even if they go down swinging in one of these games, I feel like that kid's gonna have like 28 or something like that. And Edie is gonna be a problem for any team. I mean, he's he had a little it, 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 I don't know, it looks uncomfortable a little bit in the Big Ten tournament, but the first two games of the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament has just looked like his his old dominant self. So that's that's the biggest subplot for Purdue going forward, but I'm comfortable with the UCLA Gonzaga Final Four matchup for sure. Um, where are we at here? Stevie, Arizona, Villanova, Wildcats, Galore. Who do you got? I love the Wildcats. Um, I just think this is a terrible matchup for Villanova. If you talk about a team that doesn't have too much size and they're, they're a stubborn, they're a physical team and they do yeah. play good on ball defense, but Arizona's big is one underrated thing out of them. They can pass. This whole team can pass. And when you have bigs that can pass, you already have the size advantage. I think they'll have a good rebound advantage against Villanova here. Villanova is going to have to have one of those 65, 70% shooting for three days to, yeah, I think, win sure. this game. I think a lot more would have to go wrong for Arizona to lose than Villanova. I love Villanova. I wanted to write them in the final four in every bracket. And then I saw they were in Arizona's reach and I go, that's just the worst matchup you could have for the Villanova team. So I'll go with Arizona. Oh Uh-oh. no, Stevie. I just Uh-oh. saw a hit by pitch to load the bases. Uh, I, I saw <laughs> I your, and I go, what just happened? <laughs> I knew it was, I knew it was the game. Oh, I knew no. it, was it was a full yeah. count too. Oh, <laughs> two outs. Oh. 
<laughs> what is he doing? Oh, oh, no. That's terrible. Oh. Troy, what is your read on the Wildcat matchup? I, I said before that um, I don't think Arizona is going to be tested like they were against TCU because I think that TCU game really – really kind of shocked them you know it's gonna put them into the right mode that like hey we, we can't really fuck around in this tournament um yeah. I, it's i like i said i have i have villanova going to my final four um but i think that that win over tcu really is going to put a jolt into this arizona team and it, it might be what they needed i mean every single person has them in their final four i guess except for me I didn't really see many people. Have. There were a lot of Tennessee people too, though. That's there were, there were a lot of Tennessee after the way they played in the SEC tournament. But yeah. I think next year, Jake hold me accountable to this. Rick Barnes still the coach of Tennessee. They're not getting out of the round of thirty-two. <laughs> no, when he's he is Rick Barnes is on Bruce Pearl Matt Painter territory for me by far. Now this was his last chance. Writing it down. Write it down. Tennessee could be thirty-six. No, I don't care. They're not getting out of the are fading. If Purdue, if Purdue doesn't make the Final Four this year, next year it's fading Purdue, fading Tennessee, fading Auburn at every every chance, <laughs> and that's just from my life of watching college basketball at this point. Keep going, Troy. No, that was really all I had. Um, okay. I, like I said, I have Michigan actually beating Villanova. This oh, like they got out of it. I, I'm putting you, that money line down too. I think still. So Troy, go ahead, Troy. Do you think Michigan gives Arizona a better game than Villanova? No. I don't either. No. Okay. But like I said, I don't have a rhyme or reason for doing it. I'm just throwing Michigan in there. <laughs> I think I think yeah, like the only thing is what you said, Stevie. If if Villanova shoots seventy like if they're shooting like like we said earlier, like they go fourteen of twenty one or twenty two from three, which they are Villanova. They can they can do doing that. that. Yes. yes, very capable of doing that. But Christian Colo- how many how many rebounds is Christian Coloco gonna have in this game, bro? Like yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a twenty twenty and blocks easy night and blocks. Yeah. yeah, like the stat sheet's gonna get filled up for those bigs yeah. for uh, for Arizona. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with that. West Coast, but we're we're our final four is very West Coast heavy. I think we we're doing doing some justice. Let's yeah, get into stay up not <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we wa- we watch the West Coast. So we, we know about these teams. The uh, Arizona this, definitely played. They played a bad game against TCU. Like they, yeah, they, they didn't it, shoot for well. sure. So, I mean, they proved that if they play a bad game, they can still win. They played a bad game and they scored eighty-five points and had 40, 44 rebounds or something. Like that's yeah. a bad game. But and they average a like twenty assists per game. That's the biggest thing for me against Villanova. Villanova is undersized, but they play really, really good man-to-man defense. Arizona's just their bigs can pass, and I think that's the biggest worry for a Villanova team going up against them. Ty, how do you feel? No, I'm right there with you, Stevie. Hit the uh, hit the nail on the head right there. What are you going to do to try and um, when you're you're a bit. Um, undersized down low you're going to try and drop down an extra guard or something to help out in defense there and when they can do that if your big can find that open man and you can drain those shots they have the guys to do it arizona should be able to win this one and like i said arizona and gonzaga getting to the final four and breaking our hearts at least one thing that i said uh last week still holds true in this bracket. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we're going now from our West Coast basketball to the furthest edges of the East Coast, Miami, Florida, and Providence, Rhode Island. Troy, Providence, Miami, 
what do you what do you think here? I mean, this is I think this is gonna this game would just be a knockdown. Like I said earlier, knockdown dragout fight. This this definitely qualifies for that too. So what do you think? Yeah, uh, like I said, it was gonna it's gonna be a hell of an uh, elite eight game if this isn't a matchup. Um, but Providence is kind of the the close game kings. Uh, they just yeah. they just don't lose that close game. And I if this is the matchup, I this is gonna be a close game. I. Um, Guards for for Miami, they're they're gonna play play insane like they always do. Um, but like I said, after seeing Providence twice, it's hard to pick against them. Um, but I think they they have the edge. I mean, the whole lucky thing, like yeah, they're lucky. But after a while, I mean, to get to the late eight to go to the final four, you might have to put them actually being good, being lucky. Um, King of the close games, I think it's going to be a real close game, and that means Providence is going to go. They're going to win. Oh, I'm going to have to make Stevie decide. Oh. It's all about the you, baby. I could see the, 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 the stress. I, it's just, it's such a, it's a tough matchup. Like, I think it's guards on guards for the most part yeah. there. Um, I think that's, I think it's a toss up. I, I think yeah, it's, Providence, I too. Providence showed enough with like their big man. He wasn't like dominant to me, but he showed enough where like he can play, he can run a little bit. Um, I just the way Miami, if they keep forcing turnovers at the rates they have and being able to run and transition the way they are, it's gonna be tough to beat them for anybody. Yeah, this is tough for me because both teams play close games. Both teams don't rarely ever get blown out. Both teams have great guards they're great passing teams um but i'm gonna side with troy here i think i know providence number one luckiest team in Kempom, but it can't be a coincidence if they just find a way to close all these close late games and they controlled the game against south dakota state they blew out richmond they really haven't had a close game in the tournament yet i think they're gonna get a couple close ones if they are able to beat kansas and then eventually match up against miami but I, I'm going to go with Providence. I think they can get to the Final Four. Everyone's saying this region opened up for Kansas, so they're going to walk through. I don't think so. I think this Providence team came to play, and this is their probably best shot to get to a Final Four for the first time in basically forever. Yeah. Shout out to uh, seeing that Jim Jim Beheim's not going to go to the Final Four. Let's put uh, Jim Beheim's win. Jim <laughs> It's amazing how, how close those two guys look. I know. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And he just, um, Larinaga just signed an extension too, and he's 72. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's brought in uh, Miami to three sweet teams. I don't know the history of Miami basketball, but I don't think they were anything before he got there. So. No, yeah. No. yeah His run with George Mason concerned. was incredible. Yeah. Yep. He's been so, like, overlooked too as a coach he doesn't get the credit that all these other you know older coaches get he's been a fantastic coach he hasn't gotten the same type of incredible star power that these other coaches have you gotta give Larnaga credit I would love to see if we do get this Providence uh, Miami matchup this would be a game where I probably just bet the total because I have to bet something if I'm watching it and just don't want to bet against it and just I don't want to bet against either team because I'll be stoked for either of these teams to get to the final four Right. Well, that's what even with my belief in uh, that's what I would rode with with Tennessee, Michigan the other day. Like my belief in that, I just went with the over on it. So I was like, I don't know about, and that's that's I think that's a good. A lot of these games are gonna end up that way for all of us. Like we're just gonna. There's a lot of toss up matchups, and it just shows the strength of how everybody this year. I think 
that uh there it is there it is oh no they, they got me up. they just showed a replay god darn it oh, oh it's like a <laughs> that was the home run oh. I, I was thinking they um, showed his first right. at bat is there another buzzer beater Ty, in gonzaga ucla this year do we get another do we get a johnny juze revenge is it the chet holmgren game oh what's, what's the story of it who's going to the national title yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Johnny Juzang revenge game. Um, yeah. Just I've been riding with them all year. I think they're gonna prove uh, they're the best team on the West Coast, and I need all the memes of Bill Walton just going crazy, jumping around in the fan section because you know that's what he's gonna be doing. He's not gonna be in some bougie media on. seats. He's, got he's teams in right now. Yeah, he's, he, he's gonna dream. be going. Yeah, he's gonna be going <laughs> crazy. Um, Conference of Champions. I know Troy's going to pick Gonzaga, and I probably would pick Gonzaga too because they're a great team. They're a championship-caliber team. But I think everyone is going to have Gonzaga and Arizona or some variation of at least Mm -hmm. one of those teams in the championship. And I would love to see that championship. That would be the best way to end this tournament for me, to see Gonzaga against Arizona. It would be like 98-96 type of game with just offenses just trading blows one right after another, two great passing teams, two fast teams. But you know what? The Pac-12 was the Conference of Champions for a reason set by Bill Walton. UCLA had their hearts ripped out last year by Jalen Suggs. And guess who's not there? Jalen Suggs isn't there. And Gonzaga had the size on UCLA last year, too. Let's not forget that. They had the size. And UCLA still prevailed. They haven't been their best shooting team or themselves as their best shooting team the past couple weeks. But they're still winning games. I think UCLA is... Gonna upset Gonzaga, get revenge, and go to the championship. And I know Troy's gonna pick Gonzaga, and I would too. I would love to pick Gonzaga, but we gotta throw a little something different in there. So get UCLA in there. Troy, you just got beat. Like you didn't even have a choice. You just <laughs> seems like I'm not letting it happen. I guess not. I, I <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, I mean, I am going to pick Gonzaga. Not like it matters, but um, <laughs> they just gave up a stolen base. What a bunch of jabronis! Gonzaga. I, I, I would like. I wouldn't mind seeing UCLA going to the uh, national championship game, but I, I really want to see Purdue up against up against Gonzaga. You my if my go ahead, CV. If Purdue gets to the final four, do you think Purdue can beat Gonzaga? Yes. Yes, think, and also like no, yeah, and also no. <laughs> I mean, but it's got, also Purdue. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the thing. I yeah. Just I think imagine that, even like, seeing the final score in my head, I just can't even yeah. like get myself. I would like to see Chet up against Zach Eady though. That would, mm-hmm. I don't yes. know what the hell would happen with that. I mean, Zach Eady is. I think a lot of NBA players. scouts would like to see that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they would love to see that. Yeah. No, I gotta go with Gonzaga. That's but this is I this is the the pure like sports narrative heart romanticism at my heart that I try to do is why I love the fact that UCLA could get into this game because it's like we've been talking about the whole time it's basically the same group to be able to, to be able to redeem yourselves like that on the same stage like that's literally storybook shit like that. That is not, those are chances that don't come by very often. 
Um, and usually I like the, the redemption story there, but I'm very scared of Gonzaga. I've, Gonzaga's winning my title, so um, we, we're going to go with UCLA, but that's that's going to be – if that's the matchup, I mean, CBS ratings just going to fly through the roof for that game, <laughs> that late game, because oh that is – that's best case Ontario at this point besides a Duke in the, in the Final Four or something like that. Arizona, Providence, Stevie. I feel, I feel like I know where you're going, so I'm glad that we're starting with you on this one. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to ride with Arizona. I, I think too much would have to go wrong. You sound so sad about it. It's okay. No, I I, I, want, I would love to see Providence keep it up, man. I, I mean, I'm happy we picked them to the Final Four at this point, but Arizona was my pick to win the championship. I kind of – like about three weeks, I think, before the tournament started, I go, wow, this team's like really starting to impress me because I – I told you, Jake, I normally don't like Arizona. I don't like Arizona I mean, teams normally. Out, yeah. They won me over, and they really won me over in the Pac-12 tournament. And they, like we said, the TCU game was probably the most impressive because they really didn't deserve to win that game, but they found a way to it. And that's what championship-caliber teams do. Another thing, they just they have three seven-footers. It's just so much size for Providence to deal with. I'll go with Arizona here. I would and trust me if it's UCLA, Arizona. We need Bill Walton Again? to call that. We need, but you. I don't care Can who you schedules. Jim Nance, Bill Walton and Bill Raftery oh. on the call. Oh. Arizona, UCLA you have to get Bill Walton somehow into that. Pool. And if you need Luke there too. You need Luke yeah. there too. Luke's got to. You have. You yeah, have to. Arizona. Yeah. So. Richard Jefferson needs to be there. <laughs> Just get all the guys. Did you see when they and played Kevin each other Love. earlier earlier this season when Luke was there at the game and then he had a video of Richard Jefferson sent over talking shit to Bill? Yeah. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Um, I'll go with the Pac-12 uh, championship, I think. I mean, I'll be happy with any combination of these four teams we have in the final for sure. four. For sure. Give me the Pac-12 championship. Because that was electric too. A lot of people went to bed early that night and missed it, and a lot of people miss these West Coast teams. Gotta stay up and watch them because they play some of the most I'm, exciting basketball. I made sure to stay up for every UCLA Arizona game this year always. because I knew it was gonna be an all all worth it, all well it worth it. Is. So always is man. Pac-12 is the top of the Pac-12. is just so much fun to watch. Their style. I love the style of basketball. Mm -hmm. What about you, Troy? How how do you feel about this? So going back to the original Happy Hour Hoops bracket that we made, uh, we had Kentucky going to the Final Four, and the Final Four matchup we had was, I believe, Auburn and Arizona. Yes. I picked Arizona solely on the fact that we can't have uh, two teams in the national championship game from the same conference. But I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. <laughs> I want to see it. I really do. But if I got to choose between Arizona and Providence, I, I got to go Arizona. But I don't like the fact that we have two Pac-12 teams in the championship game. <laughs> I mean, I I absolutely love it. It's the Conference of Champions for a reason. Uh, that's why it's going to be Arizona versus UCLA. Oh, I'm on the wrong computer. So we got to we got Oh my god, this guy just skied it into center. We got to clip the end rate. of this and, and send it to Bill Walton and be like, "Listen, it's the conference champions." Yes. Yeah. 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 I just yeah, I just want to hang out with Bill once. 
That's all. Just I, I respect Troy, though, because and I hate the SEC being the national championship of football every year, which is also part of why I enjoy the SEC being frauds in the college basketball in this tournament. <laughs> that's that's what, it's like a great roundabout way to get a little payback. Um, but this, I mean, this 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 will be their fourth match of this year, right? Would be UCLA and Arizona. Stevie, we'll start with you. So, Ty, you get the tiebreaker here, depending on where we go. They Arizona's won twice. This is the fourth. We usually don't have to go past the rubber match, so fourth is going to be interesting. Stevie, what would, what would what would be different from those three matchups? Do you think either team would do anything differently? Um, I don't know if that's not like I don't know if you had any memory of those on games no. or specifically or anything, but what just what's what would be your read on another matchup of this? Because these teams are so familiar with each other at this point that really like there's going to be something that one of these coaches, they're both great coaches, are going to pick out and try to exploit probably aggressively if they were to meet up again. Yeah, I, I think the big thing here, if you watch the Pac-12 championship game, is Arizona went on a little bit of a run in the second half after UCLA was up, and they started running. They played a lot of transition basketball. They were driving at UCLA because they knew they were undersized. And UCLA just came back and just would hit their open shots, and it was quick open shots. They weren't letting Arizona get to them. But the very end of that game, Arizona's length, they probably blocked five or six shots in the final two, three minutes. And I really think that's probably going to be the difference, the defensive side. I think Arizona's defense is just a little bit better than UCLA's. They have a lot more length. They're going to probably have the advantage on the, on the glass, which means more possessions or more shot attempts. And I know Ty's saying there, you know, a lot of futures out in Gonzaga and Arizona. One of them has to rip your heart out. But I'm looking here. I, I, if Arizona gets by Houston, I think they have a nice path to the championship game. I just think they match up well against those teams. And the only teams I think that would really match up well against Arizona in the championship would be probably Gonzaga. You can throw Purdue in there as well. Um I think UCLA, they've seen each other obviously three times already, so they're familiar. There's not going to be a lot of like catch you off guard type of deal. I just think the better team will prevail when we get to this point. And Arizona, I think they had their type of push to the brink against TCU. You know, will their their team to win by Ben Mappin? This is a championship caliber team that hasn't shot too great so far. If this team gets hot shooting, just watch out, man, because there is a lot of things that have to go wrong for Arizona to lose. With UCLA, it's just if they just go cold for even a three, four-minute stretch, they're down double digits. Yeah, and if this game ends up being the national championship game, like I said, I don't like having the uh, two comp or the one in there, but whatever. It would be an amazing game. It would be the fourth time these teams play. So anything that uh, Arizona um, adjusts to, UCLA might already know what they're going to adjust to. Vice versa, it's going to be a chess match essentially. If this is the if this is the game, um, I mean, I, 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 I looking back on on this bracket, I had UCLA losing to North Carolina. I had UCLA losing to, <laughs> UCLA losing to Gonzaga. <laughs> Gotta go with Arizona, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, are you going against this? Are you which which conference of champions are you going with? I mean, the, you're gonna be a champion no matter what. Are there, there the conference of champions? No champion will be. Uh, I don't know UCLA. Oh. <laughs> 
I think I would bet on UCLA, but we were two to one here at Arizona. I'm also Arizona. I'm also I did the final score last time. My belief when it comes to these games, when you make when you're getting to like a team like the fourth time, you said the better team prevails. I think sometimes if it's the better team by like a little bit more than just the better team, and I think that's Arizona with UCLA, it could get ugly. And this is an UCLA team that in this scenario would be coming off a very emotional game with Gonzaga, where all those guys have a lot of feelings about how their season ended last year, what that would take to get them through that emotionally, physically, whatever. That's going to be a war with Gonzaga. It's not like they're going to blow out Gonzaga. That's going to be a close game all the way through. I think that effect will carry over into a game against an Arizona team who's seen them and it's just going to be ready, ready to go. So I'm picking a 77 52 final <laughs> in a blowout. But, uh, and that was a pick in that just to try to get some, maybe we can get a little chaos there too. But I really do think when I, when I think about it, like teams matching up later like that, if that's how I look at it. Is it something is, if they're so familiar, I'm just going to go with the better team. And sometimes the better team just like destroys them because they've seen all the tricks and anything that the other team could throw at them and just get into the first, this game could be done in the first half. Just if Arizona just shuts everything down and then you're just UCLA isn't worried. It could turn into a battle, like you battling to get to 10. And then you're like, Oh, maybe they can make a run from there. Like kind of one of those games. Hope isn't that that's the case, but I just think, if you're coming, I think coming off an emotional game like that would be is something you have to pay attention to, especially in the tournament when emotions ride so high from game to game. So, any thoughts on any thoughts on our bracket overall here, Stevie? You want to mention anything here? Um, I was just curious what your guys' individual like dream championship matchup would be out of this, like these sixteen teams, not like the one you expect or the one you think is going to happen. What would be the one you would be most excited to see? Ooh. Outside of Gonzaga and Arizona. Yeah, I, I know that's the obvious choice because it, yeah. it would be, I think, a boat race, and they're two fantastic teams that play a similar style. Um, I think that's the obvious choice. Maybe Purdue, Arizona. Okay. Probably, uh, for me, St. Peter's versus Michigan. <laughs> no, 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 Miami love. St. Peter's, Miami. I want a, no Michigan, so I could watch improve Michigan. We're actually frauds because they lose to St. Peter's. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna take one side, one side of the bracket. I'm gonna take full storyline. I'm giving a Duke UNC Final Four matchup with okay. UNC beating Coach K in the Final Four, going to the championship oh. game to then play Kansas in a Kansas Arizona on the other side. And then Kansas UNC Kansas national champions. That would be my, I think, storyline. Just to just to get the Coach K storyline to go all the way through. We, imagine the hype around a Final Four matchup of North Carolina and Duke. I mean oh, that in his last season. That'd just be. Weird. I would, and it's not that far off. Two games away. Yeah, no, not at all. I would probably go Arizona Texas Tech for two coaches that were assistant, long term assistants. One at Gonzaga. One was at Texas Tech, and now actually getting a chance in their first year as a head coach, bringing their team to the championship. I think that'd be electric, and also, too, it would be the clash of styles. Arizona, a lot of size, wants to speed you up. Great passing team against Texas Tech that just plays as physical as anyone. Best defense. I think that'd be a fantastic game to watch. But um, I would also love to see – I know they're probably not going to, and I think Ty said it 
right? Purdue's probably going to blow them out. But I would love to see this, you know, miracle run by St. Peter's not end and just give us, you know, if they can beat Purdue, that's just one win away from a Final Four for a 15th seed, yeah. which, hey, they, they already beat a team no one expected them to beat, and then they beat a Murray State team that was the 30-2 and two team. So you never know what's going to happen. But um, I think you're right, TJ. UNC over Duke would be chef's kiss in the Final Four. Oh, <laughs> that'd be a perfect way for Coach K. That's the way I'm – I'm just looking at ways for Coach K to lose. And this is – this. that's really all I'm doing. That would be the best way for sure. Um, but I think – I honestly – the one you want it, like if we get a Gonzaga-UCLA matchup in the Final Four and then either Gonzaga-Arizona or UCLA-Arizona would be up there as one of my top yeah. picks too. I do love Kansas too, but I I like this Arizona team. I, well, I want to watch Ben Matherin in the championship game. I do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. All right. Well, uh, anything else, guys? We can wrap up here. Thank you all again. We did. Uh, hopefully, our bracket does a little better this week. We'll see. <laughs> um, we never know. Let's. We're we're not winning any money on the other one, but uh, maybe this is the time. So for Tyvee, for Troy, for Stevie, this is Jake Micah. Follow us at Yahoo. Subscribe to us on all other podcasts. Have a great night, folks. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend of games.